Welcome to NFT. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy. Really excited to get into this episode with none other than Evan Mendoza, the creator and founder of Diamond Dogs. And we're going to talk about Diamond Dogs. We're going to talk about the NFT Classic, which is an in real life minor league baseball game featuring Diamond Dogs in the Board Ape Yacht Club community, as well as get into my beloved Chicago White Sox and why they are so bad. So strap in, get ready. Here is Evan Mendoza. Fine wine has long been a cornerstone of wealth generation and preservation. The problem? Historically, it's been reserved for the ultra-wealthy. VinoVest is changing that. If you know me, you know I'm always looking for the next big player in the industry. I was amazed at how easy it was to get started in diversifying your investment portfolio. Wine has one-third the volatility of the stock market and has outperformed the global equities market over the past 30 years with 10.6% annualized returns, proving that the returns can be as robust as your favorite red. VinoVest makes it easy to acquire new investments equipped with a team of world-class sommeliers who evaluate wine and determine which ones will gain value over time. You own the wines in your portfolio outright. You can buy, sell, and even drink them whenever you want. Go to zen.ai slash nfteach to receive two months of fee-free investing on VinoVest. Be sure to mention that NFTeach is helping you save on two months of management fees. It's time to start investing with VinoVest today. Joining me now on the Aspen guest line is none other than Evan Mendoza, the founder of Diamond Dogs and the founder of the NFT Classic. Evan, welcome to NFT. Thanks for having me. You are in illustrious uh, company. You are now one of the very few two-time guests of of the podcast. So uh, I don't know. We're going to have to get you like a golden jacket or something <laughs> uh, to, to you know represent this. So we spoke uh, in the fall. You were getting ready to launch Diamond Dogs, or maybe just let people know if they're not familiar with your NFT project, sort of what Diamond Dogs is. Yeah, so Diamond Dogs is a collection that I created uh, very hands-on from myself. I'm a player with the St. Louis Cardinals organization, so I'm one of those rare, heavily involved athletes that's into my NFT project. And uh, it's a project that consists of 7,000 Diamond Dogs. Uh, All the traits kind of uh, resemble a teammate, maybe a city, uh, a team that I played for throughout my baseball career, all the way from the Little League, all the way up to pro ball. So uh, it's a very special project to me, and uh, we've got some cool things coming uh, within a a month now. Um, The NFT Classic is something that uh, I I labeled as a long-term goal when we we started. Um, I might have mentioned it to you uh, in that first podcast that we had um basically that was a long-term goal trying to put uh recognition to the nft world through the the bridge of sports and especially baseball super cool and uh i am now a proud diamond dog holder i minted this morning which i was really excited about and uh, our company has one as well uh someone in our company had minted one and and so it's you know, uh, one of the things that I sort of really have a deep amount of respect for in terms of Diamond Dogs specifically, one, the mint price is super reasonable. Two, you know, um, their projects just don't mint out anymore. 
just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and and looking at sort of across the entire landscape, there are really, really good creators. I think about my friends with Pro Socialites and Etched um, and Girl Dad and that team. There's really solid builders who just haven't um, minted out or, or you know, 100x. But I think that like there are just certain projects that really the goal is to be part of a community in a really honest way. And so like, I'm, I'm excited to see that you've taken a really like patient approach to building everything around diamond dogs. And uh, the people that are are in the space for the right reason typically are, are patient. You know, mm-hmm. this, is, this was never something that you did as sort of like a cash grab project, like a lot of professional athletes who've come uh, and, you know, sucked a ton of liquidity out of the market and then ran away and then not really done shit with it. You, you know, you were on spaces last night. I was peeking in and, and listening in with your community. And uh, so kudos to that. But Thank let's you. jump into the NFT classic and talk about that. Um, so w- what is the NFT classic and, and where did the idea for this come from? So the idea came from a very organic conversation that I had with the State College Spikes GM. Uh, he reached out to me. Uh, just, he just saw my involvement on on Twitter of NFTs, and he was really curious of what NFTs really were and how he could potentially help. So uh, I think it was early December uh, before we actually relaunched. Uh, I, I I spoke with him over the phone. He he goes, "How can I help?" And I go, "Well, I, I don't know if you're going to say yes or no. I really don't know how these things work, but in minor league baseball, they do promo nights all the time where they change the jerseys, change the hats." sometimes even their Twitter handle uh, for one night to commemorate uh, a special event. Uh, I know last year we played the Durham Bulls. It was Shark Week. I know some Shark fans out there love it, and they turned into the Durham Sharks. They got special jerseys, and it was really cool, and that, I think, opened up my eyes to the possibility. So I asked Scott over at State College if that was a possibility to change jerseys into my NFT project. And he kind of responded with, why not we have not only the State College Spikes, but also our, our sister team, the Williamsport Crosscutters, represent an NFT project as well. Once he said that, I instantly thought about, you know, what, what projects could we easily gather the troops and uh, with their commercial use right, rights, uh, how, how could we, you know, incorporate that? And of course, the Bored Apes were the, the, the biggest and still kind of are the biggest name in the NFT um, you know, sphere. Um, so we're, we're putting on a, uh, an event where both teams are going to be changing jerseys, representing different NFT projects. Uh, the jerseys are uh, going to be custom with NFT patches. So each and every jersey is going to be unique, just like their NFTs. Um, those jerseys are going to be handed back uh, to the holders that are going to be represented in that game. And then last but not least, those jerseys were designed by me. So that's something that I've uh, really... Uh, you know, taking pride in. It's something that I've always dreamed of doing. Uh, creating my own jerseys, hats, and stuff like that is a, is a passion of mine. That's really cool. And um, Aspen is really excited to be a sponsor of this event. And what drew me to uh, want to be a sponsor of this event was just the idea that uh, I have really enjoyed NFT NYC as an example where like I'm able to sort of connect with people in real life. And I remember it was right around NFT NYC when we recorded the first time because I, I was so, trying yeah. to pull you there. Yeah. I was trying to get you to There's go. There's a lot of moving uh, pieces. I remember I was going through. Them yeah, you were so, right yeah. at Mint. Yeah, yeah you're, it was right around your Mint time and there was a lot going on. But I mean, 
it was really cool to connect with everyone in real life and in, in a weird way with a market in the position it's in, I kind of feel like that's exactly what people need right now. Yeah. They just need to like have a good time and, uh, in, in enjoy some of the cool aspects of what digital property ownership entail. And, you know, minor league baseball is probably one of the most pure sports that we have left. I'm a huge fan of the Savannah bananas yeah. and I follow <laughs> a lot of their antics with what they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so I'm really excited to be there for this event and to experience it with everyone. And I think like the way that you're um, creating value for the holders of both projects is is super cool. Uh, okay. So you you went through this whole process of designing jerseys. Like what, like if you just talk about like within a clubhouse in, in baseball, where's the sort of general knowledge base of where people are today with what NFTs are? So like, are these, yeah. are these athletes gonna have any fucking idea what NFTs are for the most part, or do you think it's still a pretty foreign concept to people? I think uh, speaking about my clubhouse, I think they would have a little bit more knowledge than the majority of clubhouses out there in minor league baseball. Um, just because the fact that I've been doing it, I you know spread myself out on uh, social media where uh, I share the things that I'm really passionate about. So creating jerseys, this NFT classic, I post it on my Instagram, all that type of stuff, which some of my teammates follow me. So they understand the the complexities of what we're putting on. They understand the complexities of what NFTs are. Um, they don't fully, completely understand the concept of how to purchase one and things of that nature. But they, they understand some um, a, a small percent of what NFTs can bring, um, not only to them, but what is brought to me. Uh, so far in the past seven, seven months or so. And, and, you know, you got a lot of pretty prominent Abe holders to agree to be involved with this. What was the sort of reaction that they had to this as you were taking it to Franklin or, yeah. or some of the other people that you have involved? So honestly, it kind of spread like wildfire. Uh, once one ape kind of got on board, they, they told their, their other ape friends. Um, and that spread very organically. And that's the way I wanted it to happen. Of course, there was uh, a number of, communications that I had to, uh, you know, organize, making sure that I had everyone's shipping address in case that they weren't able to actually attend the game. Um, since we're going to be shipping out the jerseys after the game, um, back to the holders. And that just speaking on that, uh, last night I was on the spaces, like you mentioned, and, um, I think we're going to have like 10 different countries represented. Uh, so people from 10 other countries are going to be uh, receiving these NFT baseball jerseys and hopefully whether they wear it around their country or they put it up on a wall somewhere um, and, and put it in a frame. Either way, this is going to be turning into, you know, what is that jersey? What does that resemble? What does that mean to you? And then that's a conversation starter of not only who the board apes are to, you know, the typical person out there that doesn't know what NFTs are, but it also can uh, you know, ha start a conversation, strike up a conversation about who the diamond dogs are and who, uh, what we resemble in, in the community and how we're trying to change, uh, you know, the sports scene and integrate it with the, the NFT community. Yeah. I'm interested from your perspective at this point, you know, you have this in real life event happening, you're still playing professional baseball. You are, you know, connecting with athletes. What, what is your sort of perspective on it, it, 
where sports and NFTs could go in, in some maybe different directions than they're currently going. I, I'm just curious, like we, I, I was shocked to, I was doing some uh, research for a client and looking at name image likeness and realizing that really the states really prohibit the shit out of a lot of the monetization around NIL still in high school. Uh, do you have any thoughts on sort of like, we've seen Top Shot kind of go up and come down. Mm-hmm. Candy is still alive and well. Like, where do you sort of see the intersection of sports and NFTs going in the next couple of years? Well, I think the two that you mentioned right there uh, are, are the same structure as, uh, you know, the MLB, the NBA, NFL. They're they're trying to profit off of the, the players that, uh, you know, create the product. Um, the product is the game. Um, and quite... It was, Quite recently, uh, I, I heard uh, a teammate of mine just talking kind of somewhat business-like about baseball in general. And um, it, it all kind of comes back to we're playing, we're fortunate enough to be able to play this game, make a little bit of money playing it, have fun, you know, chase our dreams, only because there was someone out there that creatively thought how to profit off of this game of baseball and the product of baseball. So that's where where my mind goes with with candy, uh, especially since it's just baseball related. Um, you know, they're still using our nil, their the 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 rights of using our name to to make a, a quick buck, kind of. Um, and this is going back to an organization and um, companies that already have you know a ton of money, and they don't share that wealth with the player that's going to be purchased. Let's say it's a uh, a rookie card moment from Otani, that money isn't going to be, you know, shared with Otani or any rookie um, that might be making league minimum. So that's a good point. So staying there, do you think that athlete like um, people have fandom to teams, but they also have fandom to specific athletes, right? Exactly. And and I wonder if part of it is that athletes could be using their own platforms to build their own communities that are sort of team agnostic around, like if, if there was a TA NFT, like that was through TA, mm-hmm. I would buy it yep. I'm a White Sox fan, yep. which I need to get to with you in a second, because I have some bones to pick about <laughs> my, my favorite baseball team right now. But, but I mean, like I would participate in that because I don't really care if Tim Anderson was on the White Sox or not. I would be interested in being part of his fan yeah. community regardless he, he brings great culture great uh you know uh passion to the game and the way he plays it is his own specific style so guys like him are, are great for baseball i i couldn't agree more though uh i think more players need to open up their eyes and wake up to the fact that you know they are able to profit off of their own name image and likeness through their community um it's just about educating themselves and uh, i think that's something that we're going to be trying to do through the diamond dogs a little bit. And if we're able to spread um, to other athletes and help them out potentially in the future. Well, we're going to get into some Cardinals related stuff and some White Sox related stuff here, because I don't know if you've been following what's going on with my beloved White Sox. It's been a, a little really, bit. really <laughs> rough start to the season. And um, Tony La Russa the other night um, intentionally walked a player with a one and two count. Yeah. And, and and so people now in Chicago are sort of clamoring. It is fire Tony is mm-hmm. pretty much the chant that's happening at every single game that happens. I think whether it's home or on the road, this is happening at this point. Uh, have you ever seen someone intentionally walk on a one and two count in your life? I, I 
really haven't. Um, I know that was a little bit more popular back in back in the day before they had the intent, intentional kind of just free pass where you didn't actually have to throw the pitches. Um, yeah, one two count. It just seems a, a little strange because usually batting averages with two strikes usually uh, go tremendously down. It doesn't matter how many uh, balls there are in the count. If if someone gets to two strikes, usually the opponent average is you know well below two hundred. Um, you know some some players are great two strike hitters, um, and maybe that's what he was feeling at the moment. Um, but of course, it didn't turn out. Um, you know, looking at it in the other way, if, if it turned out to be successful, and uh, I'm not sure who it was that hit the home run. Uh, Muncie. Right uh, yeah, Muncie. Um, you know, we wouldn't be, this wouldn't be a, a, a topic of discussion, but since, of course, Muncie, you know, intentionally, or I think Trey Turner was intentionally walked with a one-two count yeah. to get to Muncie, um, that, of course, doesn't look good, especially to the fan base, to the front office and uh you know it's gonna he's definitely gonna have to regain some of that trust with within his own clubhouse it like from a fan's perspective you know when it was the rich renteria white Sox, like it just felt like it was a vibe and it, like they were building to something and everything that's gone on with the larusa stuff from the time he was hired where it was sort of Rick Hahn, the GM was sort of muted into the hire and, and was like sort of forced by Jerry Reinsdorf to take it. It's all been um, really rough from, from that point on. And now we're sort of like in this championship window as a White Sox fan. And you're looking at it just going, I've never had less belief that they're mm-hmm. on a trajectory to do anything. Do you think that let's say that for whatever reason, the manager is replaced can that create a spark or is it really less about the manager and more just about people's performance athletically? Well, I, I think uh, to that point, we I can kind of just speak on an experience. We were watching a, a college baseball game um, over the, the weekend before one of our games and uh, a teammate, I, I really don't remember who it was, but someone mentioned that the college players will take after who the manager is who the college manager is. Um, and I, I felt like that was a very true statement because um, I, I think that's what the manager's role is. It's to create culture. It's to create uh, a certain energy within the clubhouse, how the game is being played. And I think all, using all of those things, um, you know, that that's what the manager's role is. It's, it's not so much a, a, a baseball coach. It's more of a people person coach, how to manage people, um, to make sure that they're performing at the best of their ability. That's that, really fair. Well, listen, we're going to wrap this one up. NFT Classic, July 9th, State College, Pennsylvania. Uh, Aspen, a proud sponsor of this. I really uh, sort of really looking forward to being there with you and, and everyone uh, th- that is going to be attending. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see sort of NFTs in real life in this sort of use case. I'm super excited. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it as well. And uh you know, a, a, a little quick nugget that I feel like uh, I forgot to mention is a portion of ticket sales are going to be going to the Little League of my hometown of Sarasota, Florida, as well as uh, uh, proceeds from the T-shirt sales that are commemorating this event that are going to be you know sold in the team store there in State College um, going to the same Little League. So I'm trying to give back in, in little ways as much as possible, and hopefully this is going to be a very successful night, and we'll be able to do it multiple times uh, after.
it's definitely going to be a successful night. I have no doubt about that. Uh, July night, summer baseball, NFTs. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. And there might be some other people from my company coming as well, just because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So Evan, always appreciate having you on. You're always welcome on NFT and uh, looking forward to this event in real life. And now that I'm official Diamond Dogs holder, looking to jumping into the Discord and sort of getting more involved with the community as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, We love having you. So, uh, you know, thank you for everything. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining. Hope you enjoyed this episode of NFT with my special guest, Evan Mendoza from Diamond Dogs. We'll be bringing you Scam Busters and a bunch of new episodes here over the summer. I hope to see a bunch of you at NFT NYC, and I'm really looking forward to it. For now, it's Dr. Jeremy signing off saying take care of yourselves and each other. Peace.